Welcome back to Well, That's Interesting, the seemed like a good idea at the time, but turns out it wasn't edition. You know, <laughs> just story of my life, just story of every Friday night, mm, Saturday uh, night, yeah. quite a few Tuesday nights, <laughs> some Wednesday, honestly, every night. Seems like, like this. Seemed like a good idea, but then it wasn't. Yeah. No. <laughs> that bottle of wine seemed like a good idea. But it immediately was not. <laughs> Definitely not. Be careful with the cheap wine out there. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Or, the, or the crappy expensive ones. <laughs> there you go. Watch out. Yes. The wine is going to get you. So today is Intimatweeny 080, Tattoo Causes Medical Confusion. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yeah. And Boy Survives Impalement. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, yes? Oh, that's so scary. First of uh, all, yeah. um, I just want to point out I'm sitting next to someone who has between 16 and 18 tattoos. Something like that. We yeah. brought up the number the other day and I realized I didn't know. And I don't think Jill knows either. <laughs> I lost count. <laughs> so she has a lot of tattoos. So I'm really curious. Yeah. And they're, and they're all text, too. And uh, that comes up in this in between. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And also, right. being impaled, <laughs> I mean, that's never a good thing, whether you live Ooh. or not. <laughs> it's, oh. But what a story. What a fucking story. Yes, that's why we are here today. Uh, yeah, I'm Jill Chacha. I'm covered in tattoos, and I am with the non-tattooed Marissa Riley. That's right. I'm here. I am ink-free. <laughs> but I am totally jealous of everyone with tattoos. I really wish I had one. Mm. Um Maybe I will. I'll work on it. I know. You've been thinking of a few. I'm scared. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so scared. I could drink a bottle of terrible wine, but one tattoo and I'm like, no, I'm scared. Well, let's see what happens after your next bottle of wine. There we go. <laughs> that might be the key to all of this. Uh, if this is your first time listening, welcome to the flock. Welcome. Dr. Riley here comes in cold and learns everything in real time, just like you. It's true. I had no idea what we were going to talk about today. And now that I do, I'm really excited and a little worried. <laughs> yes. For Jill. No. <laughs> and this boy, clearly. Yes. I'm very worried for him. Fucking this kid. Uh, yeah, that's the second part of the show, but the first half of the show... I guess we should begin. We absolutely should. Yes. Today, my friends, uh, we're going to begin not by citing a medical case or a study. Our source today is a letter addressed to the editor of the New England Journal of Medicine. Oh. Received back in ye old 2017. What a long time ago. 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 <laughs> what, a lo- what a long time ago. What a long time ago. Also, a letter. Yes. Talk about a word you don't hear anymore. <laughs> no. Do y'all remember that? Yeah. Yeah, I hear they're still around a little bit. Whoa. Yeah. (laughs) You guys. So, uh, and the the events described in that letter include a tattoo, a little bit of chaos, and a life or death decision to be made, a decision that would be irreversible and potentially disastrous if incorrect. Well, yeah. That's not good. (laughs) No. That's terrible. Now, in what state could a tattoo cause chaos and confusion? Florida. That's right. (laughs) 
That's right, my friends. We are in Florida. So let's crack on and begin the tale as told by four medical doctors at the University of Miami. I like how now that we're talking about Florida, you had to specify that these doctors are medical doctors. (laughs) (laughs) These are four real medical doctors who went to school Mm -hmm. at schools Florida. (laughs) That's right. Oh, dear. Uh, And it was here. (laughs) (laughs) At the university's emergency room, uh, paramedics brought in an unconscious 70-year-old man who, to put it bluntly, was not in great shape. Oh, no. Yeah. First, it was discovered he had an elevated blood alcohol level. And looking into his medical history, uh, our patient also struggled with diabetes. Oh, man. Drunk with diabetes. Yeah. Sounds like he's having a terrible day. Oh, yeah. It gets worse. Oh, God. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> and to top it off, uh, he also had several other chronic diseases, oh. uh, including chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, or COPD. I am not sure what that is. I can mm. put together what it is, yeah. just based on what it's called. Yeah. And it, it <laughs> sounds terrible. Yeah, it doesn't sound fun, and it's not. So, Dr. Marissa, I thought you can do us the honor and explain what this is and why it blows. I would love to talk about it. Um, all right, from the org quote... Chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, or COPD, is a chronic inflammatory lung disease, nailed it, (laughs) (laughs) that causes obstructed airflow from the lungs. That makes sense. Symptoms include breathing difficulty, cough, mucus production, and wheezing. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I said that with such enthusiasm. (laughs) I was pumped for the wheeze. Um, Who isn't? (laughs) Who isn't? Um, It's typically caused by long-term exposure to irritating gases or particulate matter, most often from cigarette smoke. I see where Mm -hmm. we're going. Emphysema and chronic bronchitis are the two most uh, common conditions that contribute to COPD. These two conditions usually occur together and can vary in severity. Chronic bronchitis is inflammation of the lining of the bronchial tubes, which carry air to and from air sacs or alveoli of the lungs. It kind of looks like broccoli. That's my exactly. That's my input. You got it. Uh, as someone with a lifelong asthma problem. I <laughs> I think I know more about my lungs than my uterus, which is sad. Okay. Continuing the quote. That's for another show. That's for another show. <laughs> yeah. Continuing the quote, emphysema is a condition in which the uh, alveoli at the end of the smallest air passages of the lungs are destroyed as a result of damaging exposure to cigarette smoke and other irritating gases and particulate matter, end quote. So it sounds like a lot of things could be contributing to this uh, COPD. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It sucks. It completely sucks. Really bad for your uh, breathing broccoli. Yes, breathing broccoli, not working, basically. Yep, it's going bad. Not it's not working. Now, our unconscious elderly patient was, as you can tell, in dire straits. Yeah. And in an attempt to stabilize him and assist with breathing, and honestly, to hook him up to the variety of machines that report back on vitals, right. they needed access to his chest. So they opened up his shirt. Okay. Now, what they saw literally stopped doctors and nurses in their tracks. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm really stressed. <laughs> 
Is it <laughs> Dr. Marissa? Yes. Uh, I have a photo of what was seen. And with your medical expertise, I ask you, what would you have done if you saw this? And is there's, you know, what, what would you do if you knew you saw this and you, uh, the patient probably wouldn't survive? What would be your choice anyway? This photo is on our social media stuff, so please come on by and see what was exposed after they opened this man's shirt. Before you show me the yeah. picture, I have two ideas yeah. of what it could be. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. So number one mm. is it says do not resuscitate. Oh, shit. Is that what it is? Yes. Okay. Do you want to know what my number two is? Yes. A swastika. Oh, God. <laughs> I think oh, they have to ignore it. They're, yeah, well, they, yes. they sign a thing. Um, yeah. But do not resuscitate yes. is um, they can't ignore that. That's an actual That's, message. That is a really good point. So, like, is that your stance? Yeah, I think so. That is your stance. Yeah, take take it out. That's take exactly it, what it says. Take a look, yes. you guys. It says it right across his chest, and it says, "Do not resuscitate." And under the word "not," it's underlined. That's right. It's very clear. Yeah. It's very big. Mm-hmm. Um. It's in a very uh, all caps type of font. Yep, it's bold. It's bold. It's uh, right under the collarbone. It's right so under you, the you collarbone. Can't miss it. You really can't miss it. No. Um, I don't know. And if I was a doctor, fuck, I don't know what I would do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I, what is the law here? Do you have to that actually is, sign a form? That is, is this enough? All great questions. Yeah, let's get into it. My friends, from that letter to the New England, from that, excuse me. From that letter to the New England Journal of Medicine, quote, his anterior chest had a tattoo that read, do not resuscitate, accompanied by his presumed signature. Shut up. End quote. His signature. Oh, yeah. it's blurred out. For, uh, yeah. Obviously, that makes sense. His signature is on his chest. Yes. Oh, my God. If this was a joke, that would be a really bad joke. Yeah. But if this is what he wants, I, I mean... know. Exactly. Yeah. If you take a look at the photo, you'll see... The lower, like, right-hand corner is kind of blurred out, and that's where his signature was. Oh, my God. So, what to do, what to do? Well, actually, before we dive into what was actually done, just a recap, a do not resuscitate or DNR is a legal order, which usually requires paperwork. Yeah. Yeah. Not skin. (laughs) It provides uh, clear instruction for doctors not to perform any CPR or any advanced life support if a patient's heart stops beating. Right. Now, our patient's heart was still beating at this point, but it wasn't looking too good. Mm -hmm. Staff knew at some point they'd probably have to intervene, so they were faced with a damn important question. Do you honor the tattoo or not? Yeah. I don't know what to do! Because I I so respect if you're done, you're done, and that's okay. Um, I know. And if you went through the trouble of doing this. Yeah, right? But also, when did he make this? That's a great question. Put a pin in that. Did he do this as like a 22-year-old, as a joke, when he felt like he was, you know, at that age when you feel like you're never going to die? You Mm -hmm. are. Um, (laughs) and, And now he's in his 70s. He never got around to removing it. Put a pin in all that. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I never cracked the case. You guys. I'm getting it. better at this. <laughs> I've cracked a couple of these now. I'm getting better. Jill, I'm learning. <laughs> Look at me. 
Oh my god. So first thing was first. The social work department was called in to assist in contacting contacting next of kin. Smart. Great move. There. I like it. I love it. <laughs> Dr. Marissa, please tell us, according to the letter sent in by the four doctors, what stance did they initially take? Uh, God, let's talk about it. All right, quote. We initially decided not to honor the tattoo, love it, invoking the principle of not choosing an irreversible path when faced with uncertainty. This decision left us conflicted, owing to the patient's extraordinary effort to make his presumed advance directive known, end quote. Okay, so yeah, they're, they're thinking of not honoring the tattoo. Right. Right. They, their initial thoughts were, we, we should resuscitate just in case. Just in case. Because, reverse. yeah. But, my friends, if they're prepared to resuscitate, that would actually be breaking their oath of doing no harm. Yeah. So, if this guy truly wanted a no-go on CPR, he had that right. And so, that would be a harm to that would his be a harm. wishes. Exactly. So, Ugh, I know. Sucks. <laughs> so, they did what any one of us would do in this situation. Call in some lawyers. Okay. That's, yeah. <laughs> and a medical ethics expert. Yeah. Medical ethics expert. I'm so That's sorry <laughs> you had to say it. I'm not going to try to say no. that. You're on your own. Also, also, like, I love how all this is happening while he's, like, dying. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Dude, this is, a, this is the best episode of Grey's Anatomy I've ever heard. And Yeah, he's on the, wow. fucking, he's on the fucking gurney when everyone's just scrambling right this, now. I hope this was, like, someone... No, I don't hope this. But it'd be fascinating if this was, like, someone's first day. Oh, and they're, Jesus. like... And then they never came it's back. Always- <laughs> Someone's like, someone's on the phone with their mom in the bathroom during all of this. Like, I can't do this. I made a mistake. Right. It's always Can I somebody. still go to technical college? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. It's always somebody's first day. So, yeah. <laughs> somebody's, somebody's first Please day. Please go to medical school and help people if you're on the fence. Yes. Or be a teacher. That's another good one. That's a good one, too. Yep. Go. Cool. So, now, while doctors were waiting for the next of kin and discussing the matter, the patient received whatever care they could provide, attempting to hold off the worst. Uh, he got antibiotics, received intravenous fluid, and was treated with a BiPAP, or bi-level positive airway pressure machine. Nice. Now, I looked that up, and it's actually a fancy term for a machine we've all seen before. Um, mm. It's a clear plastic mask that goes over your nose and mouth, and it's connected to a ventilator. Nice. Yeah, so you've seen them. Yeah. It really helps tired, damaged lungs by providing an inhale pressure and an exhale pressure. So they're really trying to keep this guy alive. Yeah, stave off the, the yeah. death. Mm-hmm. So while our patient is hanging on, Dr. Marissa, please tell us, what did the ethics committee decide and what was the final ruling? I like how a committee had to be yes. consulted in the uh-huh. middle of all this. What a nightmare. Okay, uh, from the November 2017 letter, quote, after reviewing the patient's case, the ethics consult- consultants advised uh, us to honor mm-hmm. the patient's do not resuscitate DNR tattoo. They suggested that it was most reasonable to interfere uh, that uh, the tat- oh, I'm going to start again. They suggested <laughs> that it was most reasonable to interfere. Uh, yeah, to infer. To, uh, one more time. I got this, you guys. I just am really into this situation. Okay. <laughs> they suggested that it was most reasonable to infer that 
The tattoo expressed an authentic preference. That what might be seen as caution could also be seen as standing on ceremony and that the law is sometimes not nimble enough to support patient-centered care and respect for patients' the best interests. A DNR order was written. And quote, wow. Yeah. Whoa. They overruled the doctors. They're like, that's it? Yeah. That's, I mean, it's their choice. I just... I, I just don't know when this tattoo was gotten. <laughs> I, I almost got, I mean, I know. a tattoo that said classy on my tramp stamp area. Oh, there's always time. I know. Keep it, keep it I in the I kind of pile. wish I did. No, it's fine. <laughs> but, but I'm just saying, like, mm. I hope they got it in a, when they had a sound mind. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, these are all great fucking questions. Um, because in true American fashion... The ethics committee said, fuck it. We don't need no stinking papers. This this tattoo is a thing of beauty, and we're going to honor it. Yeah. Uh, the letter went on to say that, unfortunately, the gentleman's health did decline overnight, and in conjunction with what was decided, quote, he died without undergoing CPR or any advanced airway management. All right. End quote. There we go. So the letter also said, you guessed it, the social work department eventually did obtain a copy of his Florida Department of Health DNR order and, drumroll please, <laughs> it was consistent with the tattoo. Oh. Yeah. So he did, of sound mind, yes. want this to be carried out. Exactly. Yeah. He did not want ah, to be. Yeah. I feel so much better. <laughs> wonderful. I mean, not wonderful that someone had to die, but wonderful that it was consistent. they got to choose how they wanted to, yeah. how, how things went. Yeah, it all worked out. Um, the doctors closed their letter by saying, this experience neither supports or opposes the use of tattoos to express end-of-life wishes when a person is incapacitated. It just causes more confusion than clarity. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I think the answer is get the paperwork done and just keep it strapped to your body in a fanny pack. At all times. Mm -hmm. And on the fanny pack, right? My DNR is in here. That's right. And then just live the rest of your life with the fanny pack. Easy. Amazing. Problem. I figured it out. (laughs) Were the bracelets? I don't know. So, okay, my friends, I know what you're thinking. Has this ever happened before? Probably. (laughs) Has anyone ever tattooed their wishes on their chest and the outcome was equally a relief. Well, Um, I don't know about mm. that last part, but... (laughs) But you were right. Of course, this has happened before. And boy, howdy, my friends, it actually could have gone a lot worse. Oh, no. Uh, Join me, will you, in 2012 at the California Pacific Medical Center. Okay. Now, Dr. Marissa, I thought we could take turns reading about an incredible interaction staff had with uh, with a patient uh, here at this uh, medical center. Um, what do you say? I say yes. Yes. <laughs> we gotta we gotta unpack this. All right, take it away. I absolutely will. All right, from May 2012 issue of the Journal of General Internal Medicine, quote a 59-year-old man with diabetes, peripheral vascular disease, nailed it. Yeah. Hypertension, dyslipidemia, also nailed it. <laughs> Uh, was admitted to the hospital for a below-the-knee amputation due to chronic non-healing wounds of his lower extremity. Physical examination 
revealed a DNR tattoo on his chest. Please see figure one. Dr. Marissa, would you like to see figure one? Of course. <laughs> of course. And there it is. I mean, this is not as obvious. No. It's just the word. It's just the letters. D period N period R. Between the boobs. Between the boobs. Is there a signature? No. There's no signature. No. It is between his boobs. Um, <laughs> no, no judgment. No, no, not at all. Yeah. But yeah, there it is. It it's is, in red. It, yeah. It's bold. It's red. Uh, now, remember, this guy is conscious and fully aware he was being prepped for surgery. So let's continue on with the quote. Quote, upon reviewing his code status, he indicated that he would want to be resuscitated <laughs> in the event of cardiac or respiratory arrest. All right. Continuing the quote, when he asked, uh, when asked why his tattoo conflicted with his wishes to be resuscitated, he explained that he had lost a bet playing poker mm-hmm. with fellow hospital staffers while inebriated in his younger years. The loser had to tattoo DNR across his chest. Oh, this sucks. His code status was subsequently documented correctly in his medical record with further explanation of his wishes. God, that's so embarrassing. Uh, despite his medical condition, he was relatively active in his outside life and was medically, medically stable during his time in hospital. Uh, it was suggested that he consider tattoo removal yep. <laughs> to circumvent future confusion about his code status. Or at least get a line drawn. If you don't have the time or the energy for the tattoo removal, get a line. Get an X. Cross it out. Turn it into a flower. A butterfly. So a butterfly. (laughs) A penis. Anything you want. (laughs) Whatever calls your name. Anything other than this thing that could kill you. So... Uh, uh, let's, this, this last line is great. Uh, continuing the quote, he stated he did not think anyone would take his tattoo seriously and declined tattoo removal. End quote. Serious? <laughs> you guys. You guys. Uh. Uh. So, yeah, I think they took it seriously. Yeah. So, my friends, I'm not sure what the lesson is here mm. other than don't bet a tattoo on a uh, poker hand. No. <laughs> and if you are, make it... Uh, I don't know, something fun and non-offensive. Nothing yes. like that exists anymore. A flower? <laughs> so, we'll, we'll make a list. Okay, sounds yeah. good. And order a bottle non, of wine. Non-offensive tattoos mm-hmm. that you can uh, <laughs> lose. That's right. <laughs> to, I don't know. <laughs> uh, after the break, a young boy is impaled. Uh, Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but don't worry, this is a heartwarming story. For real. Amazing. Stay tuned. Please do. Everybody, shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box 
of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. With Wired Science, you can geek out all you want. It's a podcast for anyone obsessed with math, science, space, biology, or technology. And it provides in-depth coverage on current news and discoveries. From strange diseases that turn your tongue fuzzy to tech that'll help crops grow from space. New episodes are released nearly every day, and they're typically under 10 minutes, so you can easily make them a part of your daily routine. Listen in the morning while you're getting ready or during lunch while you check NASA's astronomy picture of the day. Check out Wired Science now wherever you get your podcasts. That's Wired Science wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, Jill Chacha here from Well That's Interesting, and I am absolutely thrilled to tell you about Spotify for Podcasters. I use it, I love it, and it all started by downloading the free Spotify for Podcasters app, which has all the tools you need in one place to record and edit your masterpiece of a podcast. Spotify for Podcasters also distributes your show to all major platforms. So when you hit publish, your episodes will stream not only on Spotify, but I'm talking about the Apples, the Googles, Stitcher, Good Pods, the other ones. <laughs> you get the idea. And you can monetize your podcast with no minimum listenership required. You could also set up monthly subscriptions and record ads just like this one. So what are you waiting for? Download Spotify for Podcasters today and start changing the world. Oh, and please, stay interesting. Did you know that Elvis once showed up to the White House high as a kite with a bunch of guns? Did you know that Eleanor Roosevelt once had a romantic relationship with a lesbian reporter? Hi, we're Stephanie. And Tux. From Beyond Reproach, a comedic history podcast where we talk about political scandals like how FDR's grandfather made the family fortune smuggling dope. And messy government officials like President Johnson, who named his dick Jumbo and would wave it around at people on Capitol Hill. Gross. <laughs> and we do it all while drinking period-appropriate historic cocktails, like JFK's favorite, the lime daiquiri we are not historians we're just a couple of drunks who never shut up and love history we hope you'll join us on beyond reproach for some big facts good laughs a little bit of swearing a lot of drinking and a real good time you can find beyond reproach wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and we're back we are so back we're so back and my friends there's really nothing like being a kid and Hanging with your friends. I mean, unless uh, unless. unless we're on, well, that's interesting. That's right. and then something terrible is about to happen. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, everyone, let's just take a moment, though, to remember being 10 or 11. You got it. Um, it's an age when you're old enough to be on your own, but still young enough to do stupid shit and get away with it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. With that, let's begin our story. And to do so, we need to travel a wee bit back in time. To another year that completely escapes me, 2018. Jesus. Uh, it was a lifetime ago. At least. Who even were we? I don't know. <laughs> Shadows of ourselves. Shadows. <laughs> uh, and we're in the smallish town of Harrisonville, Kansas. Oh, jeez. Uh, which is a part of the Kansas City metropolitan area, and it's home to just 10,000 people. That sounds like the cutest town in the world. Mm. Like, you know the kids there still ride their bikes. Yeah. For fun, for fun, and not because they're city bikes and they've run out of escape rooms to do. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. If That's you okay. like a city bike, I am all for it. Yeah. 
But uh, okay, we'll we'll unpack that okay, later. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> okay, so yeah, uh, put a pin in that riding a bike wholesome shit yeah. because um, a few of those people that live in this town happen to be the Miller family. Oh man, I know. <laughs> <laughs> the youngest Xavier Miller was out and about doing what a lot of eleven-year-olds do—just messing around with friends and holding top-secret meetings in a treehouse. Stop it! Yep. I know. Stop it! Yep. This happened in 2018. Yes. Oh, my God. That makes me so happy that they're not all inside, like, mm-hmm. uh, watching porn on their phones. <laughs> Thank God. This is gorgeous. So, Dr. Marissa, I have a photo of the treehouse Xavier and his buddies were playing Shut in. Shut up. That one fateful day. It's pretty great. Would you like to see it? Of course I would. Okay. Here it is. Oh, my God. Oh, it's such a good one. It's a good one. It's a really good one. Can we post a picture of this oh, one? absolutely. It's so cute. It looks like it has a porch. It has a wooden ladder. It is awesome. It's pretty great. It's, yeah. It's off the ground, but not too far off the ground. It kind of looks like a little barn on a yeah. platform. It, yeah, it's a tiny barn. Yeah, it's a tiny barn. Uh, like you said, just settled on a platform. Um, yeah, and it's surrounded by a beautiful tree. Um, but unfortunately, the tree was also home to a nest of yellow jackets, which oh. is a yeah, which is a pretty aggressive wasp here in North America. Yeah, they're brutal. They yeah. are brutal, you guys. Also, I just realized this house, this uh, tree house, looks kind of like the one from Hereditary. Oh, yeah, it does. <laughs> but, and I'm not like trying to make everything about Hereditary, but like it actually does. Yeah. And honestly, what happens next is, feels like it's right out of that movie. Fuck. <laughs> Shit. So, so the rambunctiousness of these meddling kids disturbed that nest. Oh. And as you can imagine what happened next, uh, Xavier and the other boys had to jump ship in order to avoid being stung. Oh, no. But, Dr. Marissa, please tell us what bizarre coincidence, what pure fucking accident occurred during the scramble. All right. I'll, I'll talk about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> According to KCTV5.com, quote... As the boys scrambled to get down the ladder, Xavier fell onto a rotisserie skewer Mm -hmm. the boys had just found in a field and stuck into the ground like a flag, end quote. Yep. Ah, I mean, yeah, that's very hereditary. (laughs) Yep. That's very hereditary. Is that not insane? That is insane. But also, like, how cute is it, like, that they found a piece of crap and... I know, also wholesome. so cute! I mean, it just went so bad! <laughs> God, please let your kids keep going outside and build them treehouses. This, this stuff happens. It does. It does. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it... it, it uh, we'll get into it. But yes, my <sighs> friends... Of all places to land, the kid impaled himself on a skewer they randomly stuck in the ground under the treehouse. And of all places to be impaled, my friends, I'm at a loss for words, so I'm going to show Dr. Marissa here an x-ray, and she's going to tell you where it entered the boy. Oh, no. Uh, But first, though, I have a picture of the skewer, and man, she's hefty. Um, Dr. Marissa, if if you were an 11-year-old boy, you would pick this up, would you not? Uh, Here it is. Oh, yeah. (laughs) If that was on the ground, I would have to touch it. Yes. It's, I mean, it's it's like a metal spear. Yeah. It's like, it, it just looks 
way too far. I would, I would hit someone with it. <laughs> if I was a little boy, oh my God, we'd yeah. be playing swords. Yep. Swords. 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 <laughs> we'd be playing like Game of Thrones and stuff because we all watched it on our phones because it's 2018. Right. I, yeah. I would yeah. have a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. It is of a notable size. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, again, that photo will be on our social media stuff, so please come on by and take a gander at the skewer. And uh, Dr. Marissa, would you like to see where it ended up? Yeah, I kind of have an idea. You kind of do? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, yep. Okay, cool. Th- this is even more hereditary. It, <laughs> yes. it went straight through his face. That's right. And through his head, mm-hmm. but not through his brain. No. Wow. That is a good observation. It looks like right above his... I'm, first of all, I'm looking at an x-ray, which mm. is painful to look at. Yeah. I can't imagine. I mean, if you have other pictures of this, I will look. But <laughs> this is crazy. It looks like it goes straight through... Is it his nose? Yeah, you're the close. Yeah. top of his nose. His eye? You're, you're close. You're getting closer. Between the nose and the eye? You got it. Yeah. And then it goes down right under the brain... Right above the jaw, through the back of the neck. Yeah, that's exactly, exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone, imagine your face. Now, <laughs> now point to your right nostril, okay? Okay. Now move your finger to the tiny space between that nostril and cheek. Oh. And that's where it is, yeah. Okay. Uh, now imagine a skewer entering there and reaching to the back of your head but at a slight angle, so the tip of it lands at the base of the skull. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Did so. he, like, get up? Oh, that's a great question. And run inside? You're absolutely and his right. mom shit herself? Did you read my notes or something? No. That's exactly just, what happened. Oh, wow. No, I did not read your notes. I just tried <laughs> to think of, like, the most horrific thing. Yeah. And that's exactly what happens. Yeah. Shit. It's, I mean, yeah, this is a bad fucking look, but... If you can believe it, the boys walked a short distance to Xavier's home where Gabrielle Miller, Xavier's mother, turned around to see her kid with a skewer jutting out of his face. Ah! She told KCTV, quote, he looked at me and he goes, I'm dying, mom. I could feel it. End quote. (laughs) I'm sorry. I have to laugh at that line. Oh, my God. Just the number of times that I've had a painful hangover and I've looked at Jill and said, like, (laughs) I can feel it. Yeah. And that was a joke, but here, yeah. I mean, this is real. (laughs) Holy fuck. I'm uncomfortably laughing. I am stressed. My hands are so clammy. (laughs) And she's wringing her hands. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a. Such a hereditary moment. So, needless to say, mom fucking booked it to the emergency room at the University of Kansas, where an, where an estimated 100 medical professionals all took part in saving this kid's life. Oh. Yeah. But despite what looks to be urgent, turns out you really, you really can't rush removing something like this from someone's head. No, it'll no. start bleeding <laughs> That's and right. stuff. Dr. Marissa, please tell us. How did the hospital prepare? Oh, God. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. From, once again, KCTV5. <laughs> Quote, rather than sending him directly to surgery, doctors spent hours gathering information from brain surgeons, 
ENTs and other specialists preparing for a surgery that was about as delicate as it could be. End quote. So they right. gotta think about this. Holy shit. They've gotta think about this. Because mm-hmm. you can't pull it out. No, you got one shot. Yeah. One shot. That's right. Oh Every my God. <laughs> quoting Eminem. <laughs> I think that's how it goes, right? I'll I'll take your word for it, Doctor. (laughs) So every possible fucking scan of every possible fucking angle was taken. And I actually have a screenshot of one of those scans. Uh, Dr. Marissa, if you would, please take a look. Uh, Now, what you're going to see is the boy's face. Uh, You're going to see some veins. And how does everything look to you? It looks terrible. I I hate this. I hate this. So there's this picture of like a simulated boy's face. Yeah. And it, it looks fairly realistic. He's just like completely sheet white because it's AI or whatever. And then you can see all of these little veins and stuff going around where the 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 skewer, skewer is. And then someone's physically pointing to it, being like, <laughs> that's it. That's right. There's the skewer. This I is found what it. we have to move. <laughs> But yeah, it shows like all the shit that's in there yes. that they have to like be careful about. Exactly. But here's the thing though. Do you see anything ruptured? No. That's right. So it just clean yeah. went through him. No veins or yeah. crap. I know. If it looks like nothing's going on, please everyone head on over to our social media stuffs, take a look at this scan. It doesn't it looks like a painting. It doesn't look like anything's really happening. No. Um, Dr. Koji Ebersole, the director of the Endovascular Neurology Department at the University of Kansas, told LiveScience.com, quote, the skewer just missed hitting critical blood vessels, including the carotid artery and the vertebral artery. This, If this was a millimeter closer to those vessels, it probably would have been an unsurvivable injury. Oh, my God. Okay, uh, do you know what Ripley's Believe It or Not is? Yeah, sure. So they had a museum yeah. in, I think it was Houston or San Antonio, Texas, that me and my dad would go to. Yeah. And they would show pictures there of like people who had survived crazy impalings. And then they just left the thing in. <laughs> yes. Like leaving like a pole in someone's head. Yeah. And so that it, that's the end of my story. <laughs> that's what it made me think of. I'm like, what if they just left it? Yeah, I mean, if if this was the old timey days, yeah, I mean, they just sawed down the other parts, <laughs> so it all. wasn't as pointy. There you go. <laughs> You'd just be, you know, Xavier Skewer boy. Yep, down the road, the human, the human <laughs> rotisserie thing. Yeah, he'd, he'd be making money off of this now. Oh, if definitely. this is old timey, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Luckily, it's not old timey. It's 2018, but uh, but yeah. I mean, back to this fucking quote. Uh, according to Rachel Retner of Live Science, the skewer also missed other critical structures, including his brain, brain stem, and major nerves. Ebersole called the skewer's trajectory one in a million. Wow. Yeah. Quote, how this thing could pass so deep through that part of the body and not hit something critical? I don't know how the kid could be so lucky, Ebersole said. Oh End God. quote. Yeah. After a very del- delicate surgery... Get this, one day later, Xavier was home with nothing more than a Band-Aid on his face. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. I just chewed off half of my thumb (laughs) listening to that. 
that's what that noise was, huh? Yeah. <laughs> like if you guys, heard... I was I was reading my notes and I heard something nibbling in my right ear. And that was Dr. I'm chewing Riley. on my nail right now because I'm so stressed. I'm sorry if that is TMI, but <laughs> was, I'm just a person. That was great. That was absolutely great. Now, of course, those 100 medical professionals kicked ass and saved the day, removing that skewer and making. I mean, removing that skewer. We brought this up. Yeah. I mean, making one false move could have had terrible consequences. Yeah. And they did a fucking amazing job. Dude, I would put a picture of that on my wall, like a trophy. I'd <laughs> yes. be like, look what I did. Yeah. You can trust me. That's right. <laughs> Just tap the sign. Just yeah. tap it. Yeah. So, but something else happened that day. Oh, what? Or didn't happen, I should say. That okay. also played a huge role. If you guessed, well, I bet this kid just watched the film Black Panther and it helped save his life. You're right. What? Yeah, Dr. Marissa. Are we bringing Marvel into this? (laughs) Dr. Marissa, please tell us how did this movie impact, no pun intended, Xavier? (laughs) Uh, Nothing would make me happier. All right, once again from KCTV5. I can't say it without sounding so weird. KCTV5.com. Quote, while Xavier gives a great deal of the credit uh, for his survival, to a high power, he also gives some of the thanks to one of the scenes in Black Panther. In the final scene, the villain portrayed by Michael B. Jordan is stabbed in the chest with a dagger, but he doesn't fall to his death until he chooses to remove the blade from his body. The boy credits the filmmakers for that life-saving lesson. I would definitely say thank you for putting that in, (laughs) Xavier told KCTV5 News. And it really told me if anything stabbed me, if anything stabbed in me, I can't pull it out. End quote. What a lesson. We can all learn something from Marvel. Whoa. I know. Because some kids might just pull it out. They told, yeah. But he's like, no. Nope. Pull it out. I'm going to die. I learned this Mm -hmm. from Black Panther. I'm going to leave it. Or I'm going to die. Just like that. Amazing. So... I guess we learned another lesson today. Oh, don't, yeah. <laughs> don't pull out a skewer if it lands in your head. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it, you guys. I know you want to. Uh, so thank you for listening, thank rating. <laughs> <laughs> for rating, subscribing, telling your friends about not to get a DNR tattoo. Just don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And uh, tell them about Xavier. Yeah. Don't pull anything out of your face face (laughs) don't do it and please stay interesting please do